Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? I am Sergeant Davenport of the 3rd Infantry Regiment, United States Army, Guard of Honor, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. This ceremony that you are about to witness is the changing of the guard. In keeping with the dignity of this ceremony, it is requested that everyone remain silent and standing. Thank you. Welcome to Grayson 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'm joined by my co-host Sal Dietry. What you just heard was the opening statement of the relief commander at the changing of the guard at the tomb of the unknown soldier in Arlington Cemetery. Today we're privileged to be joined by Richard Azaro, a guard at the tomb from 1963 to 1965, and a member of the Society of the Honor Guard, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, a group of tomb guards who are working to impart the sense of honor and unity felt at the tomb to our nation. This past Friday on Veterans Day, the Society requested that the 12-ton Borden Bell at the National Cathedral ring 21 times in a type of 21-gun salute to our veterans. In Richard's words, our church bells have called us to prayer and action in times of need. We are at a place in our country's history where healing, the binding of wounds, and coming together as Americans is utterly our first priority. They hope that the tomb and national salute will become a focal point that fosters unity across our country that transcends political, regional, and religious differences. Richard, welcome to Grace and 30. Richard, welcome. Uh, welcome and really appreciate this. Before we jump in, I, I want to give a, a special shout out to someone, to Sergeant Major Gavin McElvena. Uh, Gavin, I want to thank you. Gavin is the Public Affairs Director for the Society of the Honor Guard, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, Gavin connected us here and, and made a lot of uh, this evening's interview possible. If you want to learn more about uh, the Society of the Honor Guard, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, uh, visit them at tombguard.org. Uh, just a quick announcement for our listeners. This is a special one-hour edition of Grace in 30, so Grace in 60. Uh, great show um, as we have it. You know, Richard, we spoke on the phone about your appearance on this show, and we talked about how people feel, how Americans feel when we come to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and nothing says to me, United States of America, like the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Tell us about the reactions visitors have uh, when they come there as, as a tomb guard who's been there. Tell us about what you've, what you've seen. I, I think that's a great place to start because that's really uh, what it's all about. It's uh, the reaction of the people that you see, uh, uh, the visitors uh, that come to the tomb uh, 365 days a year and during the daylight hours. Uh, it, what you see uh, from a, a sentinel's point of view or from a relief commander's point of view um, is is the first thing you're struck with is the is the, the diversity you truly see the fabric of of the American people uh, people from every walk of life every condition uh, brown black red white yellow any any way that you can uh, reach out and find an American you see it there 
and it's an incredible experience to see that. And it's not just once in a while. During the guard change, uh, you see this virtually every time, and it's it's, uh, something that those of us who uh, bring people back uh, to the uh, the tomb to uh, to explain it, to share with them our experiences, we position them to, so they can see that, and we want them to see that. And then the next uh, point you make, uh, or what you'd like to make, is, is that you see as a sentinel um, the the, uh, the change of people. They may walk up to the tomb from various directions of the pathways up, and they assemble on the stairs or on the plaza. And as they begin to understand what they are watching and seeing, and especially during the change in the guard, you can see the change in their demeanor. Uh, when we ask for standing in, uh, 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 during the, uh, the ceremony, you see them rise in, at various stages, but you see it, and there is complete quiet. There is respect at all times, and it's a, it's a very powerful experience. And I can tell you, uh, as a young man, I, I was moved by it tremendously and have never since, since that time never tired of it. It's, it's always been the same. I am always moved by what I see there. That's right. You know, you bring up a great point. As people rise there, literally the, the identity of America emerges there. Having experienced that myself, you come there casually, perhaps. Maybe you've got a lot on your mind. But when you come there, you are taken to this place of great patriotism, of dignity and respect, and, and it beco- it comes on you. You become a part of it. You're there, and it's not something you're witnessing. It is literally something that is a part of you at That's that moment. exactly right. That's perfect. Perfectly stated. It is a, it, it, there is a unity there, an identity that is, that is, and you become one. You see it. You feel it. It's, a, it's an amazing experience, but you've captured it, exactly what you've just said. Hey, look, where I'm not the only person uh, to come there and feel that. You, when we chatted with you beforehand, you talked about how this has really impacted uh, people's lives and how people often write to you and will say to the tomb guards, I was there and this had a huge impact on my life. Maybe they've committed a life to military service. Maybe they've just uh, you know, had more dignity and respect in their own lives. But um, let's talk about a few of these people that you, that you brought up. You talked about, uh, for example... Uh, Morell Worcester, a uh, gentleman who owned a, a, a reef company. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yes. Uh, there is a program that is generally known by most people as Reefs Across America. Uh, they wouldn't necessarily know this gentleman's, gentleman's name, uh, but it is a program that he started by himself. This is one man's actions. Um, and it is a program where uh, this gentleman, through his company, brings wreaths to uh, Arlington National Cemetery. In the last few years, he's extended it and encouraged uh, everyone to go to other cemeteries as well to place wreaths and uh, not to just uh, be at Arlington National Cemetery. But uh, the story, uh, as it was <laughs> revealed to me by my own uh, experiences, I attended uh, several years ago the first, for the first time. I had just learned of it, and I needed to go. Uh, so I, I left my office uh, from, uh, in Washington and um, went over to Arlington National Cemetery, got online with everyone else. And they had these trailers lined up, and they were giving wreaths to people, and, and they had instructions, and uh, they, they encouraged people to uh, say the names 
of the individuals that they place their wreath on. And um, so as I was going through this, I, I stopped, and I was also what you would call a participant observer. I was observing what was happening in the cemetery, and uh, I was actually very uh, just so impressed, and I remembered what I had learned in our history about what it was like when the first Memorial uh, Day was um, uh, uh, started, and, and people came and placed flowers, and that, that, that sense I got from history was being played out again in front of me with the wreaths. And I saw this gentleman uh, being interviewed by the uh, news media, and I, I had to go over to him, and uh, I introduced myself and uh, asked him, how, how is it that you came to do this? And he, he looked at me and he just said, when I was a young man in high school, my class uh, trip was to Arlington National Cemetery and the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I never forgot that. Yeah, I, 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 I was actually, I looked that up on the web. I went to his website for his wreath company and he was 12 years old and he came from Maine. He won a trip. Uh, it was a paper boy who somehow won a trip. And uh, he came at 12 years old to Arlington Cemetery, and, and it just said it made such an indelible impression on him that, yeah. that many, many years later, in 1992, he had some excess, uh, a surplus of wreaths, Yes, and he decided to donate them to the cemetery, and, and that went on for a number of years until 2005. Someone took a photo and showed all the wreaths on the stones, and there was snow covering them, and that's when it kind of, I guess as they say these days, it went viral, and it became really just spread across the cemetery and, and others, but I think they put a wreath on every single uh, marker uh, these days, every year. I, I think they've, they've gotten to that point, but I, I can say, and I, I would encourage all of your listeners, if there was ever a, a, a ceremony or uh, something that you would like to, to participate in with your family, especially your family, or loved one, or friends, or, or veterans that you know, go that day participate in that it is an incredible experience yeah and, and certainly uh, anyone who's involved in scouting in this area knows that that is an annual event that that uh, uh, boy scouts in the area uh, participate in and i know that uh, scouts from uh, pack 548 here in arlington are listening to this show tonight uh, and have participated in that in the past um, look this just doesn't affect uh, civilians you you've told us about m military who have come there uh, you know, a, a specialist, uh, an enlisted oh, people. Oh, yeah, and, no, that, that, yeah. That, that was a great story. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Neil Cosby, um, who was a co-founder, actually the prime founder of, of the Society of the Honor Guard, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and I uh, would frequently visit with the uh, commander of the Military District of Washington, and they change every two years. And in this particular meeting, uh, we were, were visiting uh, with the new uh, 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 commander, and he's a two-star general. And as we started to talk, he said, I want to tell you something. And he begins to share with us how when he enlisted as a young man, he was a spec, specialist, we call it spec, specialist fourth class, and he was stationed at Fort McNair. And one day he tells us that he went over to Arlington National Cemetery first time, goes up to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and it's changed forever. And he said, I decided then and there that the military was going to be my career. And that moment and that experience, uh, what he felt, and uh, it just changed this young man's life. And he, he later becomes a 
two-star general, and I, I'm not sure uh, the, remainder, uh, the remainder of his career, but uh, this was an incredible man, and um, uh, I, I have to say, I mean, again, moved by uh, the impact we've had, uh, my, my, my fellow uh, tomb guards have had on, the, um, on different people. So, yeah, that was a military experience. Richard, why don't you talk a little bit about how this experience has affected you personally, how, how walking at the tomb has affected that and, and has done in your life. I know when we spoke on the phone, you said that, that nothing you've ever done in your personal or professional life has not been affected by your experiences at the tomb. So maybe share that with us. Uh, well, I would, I would, uh, that's correct. Uh, and, um, I would uh, I'd have to start with uh, uh, my um, working at, I, I worked my way through uh, college and law school as a police officer and then as a uh, a law clerk uh, to the uh, chief judge of the District of Columbia and um, uh, throughout that time I had a number of challenges along the way in police work it was it was during a time of, of extreme civil disrest it was the 60s it was Vietnam. There was uh, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, and um, I saw quite a bit of the uh, demonstrations, which turned into riots, and 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 both on my campus and then uh, in New York, where I was um, uh, with the uh, Westchester County Parkway Police. And uh, throughout that time, um, I had occasion to to uh, to interface with uh, some very upset people from both sides, all sides. And it, it um, I always, I always had that feeling that I, I acquired or developed as, as, as through my service at the tomb guard. I always knew something about people that I encountered. I knew something. I had a window into them, uh, and that is that they were Americans and that they uh, they loved their country, and that uh, there were there were things being tested. But when I always assumed and relied upon that, and I frequently, uh, more than frequently, I, I had a better outcome of the situations that I dealt with uh, because of that. Uh, and it was that, that sense of, I know you, I've seen you, and we'll, we'll start from there. Yeah, tell us. Not, not with the difference or not, not what brought me to your life, into your life. Uh, you know, when a police officer arrives, it's, it's usually not because it's a, a good thing happening. Tell us a little bit about the, you know, your experience there and, and during Vietnam, because that's, that's something that I think this current generation obviously does not affiliate with as generations past, right? We're moving further and further away there. That was a time of great unrest in this country, and and how did the experience at the tomb, being a soldier, it, it help you in, in those kind of times? The um, the the part uh, it was it was the the, the experience uh, there. You're, you're trained a certain way. The, the training is very difficult. It's very challenging. It really tests you in many ways, but it also teaches you things that not everyone gets access to and then the real experience comes from um, what happens to you I, I use that expression what happens to you while you're at the mat while you're serving and that that is around the clock in, in very you know extremes of the weather and 
and so forth. But what people say to you and the people that you meet, I had the benefit in my, my time there. Uh, I met people from uh, uh, you know, World War I and earlier uh, and all the way through the current wars, including Vietnam. But when you, when you, the kind of experience you have as a tomb guard is 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 very unique uh, examples would be mothers who would tell you what it was like having lost their son who never came back fathers guys who had served in in places NZO uh, uh, the code talkers of the southwest the uh, the Harlem Hellfighters uh, from New York um, yeah, guys from you know uh, from far and distant land and some foreign people who uh, the, the, the governments from, like, for example, say Mariglis, that would talk to you and thank you for what you were doing. And, and you get to a, a different sense of, of what is going on even then and with the turmoil, and you understand that uh, we are Americans and that when we go into the service of our country, we serve uh, for reasons different than anyone else has ever served. No country, uh, well, I put it this way, um, the American fighting man finds himself on a battlefield, whatever that is, for reasons unlike anyone else. And have you? Let me ask you this: Have you had you ever seen someone uh, protest or anything at at the tomb itself uh, in, in the in as in the time you were there? No. Right. That's right. I mean, this is a deeper respect that we have for our nation, and uh, uh, th- that's what just draws me in again. As I say, people come there. And they may come there casually, but once they're there and they say they really become a part of this great uh, patriotism, this dignity, this unity that we have. Ed, jump in here. You know, I, I think one of the things when we spoke, you talked about your time as a policeman and there were protests. There was a lot of a lot of tumult in society. Then you went to the judiciary yes. and, and you talked about, you know, there were a lot of very bad things going on, people misbehaving and that your time at the at the tomb had really developed an, an, a sense of being really unshakable. You mentioned honor, duty, country, how they meant something and, yeah. and you weren't yeah. shaken in the middle of all that. Yeah, I uh, I was a law clerk to uh, Chief Judge John J. Sirica, uh during the Watergate, and uh, for me um, it was a unique experience because prior to that time I had served completely in the executive branch, and prior to coming to law school, as I mentioned, I was a police officer, so I was associated with the kinds of people that were now appearing in front of Judge Sirica in connection with the break-in at the Watergate. Uh, you know, the CIA people, the FBI people, uh, the Cubans. Uh, uh, these these are people that I worked with, uh, and uh, I didn't know them personally, but, I mean, those are the kinds of people, and those are the kinds of activities I, I was uh, involved with as a police officer. And uh, so uh, working for the judiciary was a new experience. And... And as, as the Watergate developed, it was becoming very clear based on the documents that I was having access to uh, because of my legal work for the judge that the president was involved and the Department of Justice had been corrupted. And this was pretty earth-shaking stuff for me because, again, I had been associated with the executive branch. And as this developed, uh, interfacing with other people, um, there was a lot of cynicism about, you know, everybody does this and don't respect this, and does, this doesn't mean anything, and, uh, you know, uh, very uh, uh, very disheartening. And, and frankly, uh, there came a time when I was having a lot of trouble with this in, in, 
uh, I would use the expression, I felt my, my moorings were slipping. I mean, I didn't know where I was, and I didn't, I didn't understand how I would fit in and be able to perform this function that I was being asked to do as the law clerk, which is a, it's a position of trust. And um, I, I have to say this uh, in a way that um, uh, the way it happened, and that was it came very slowly, but it, because I was up late at night. These were long nights I had uh, worrying about these things. I did my job. I was going to law school at the same time. And I had long nights thinking about this, and it came to me. And what came to me was I knew who I was. And who I was was a tomb guard. And as a tomb guard, I had very intimate knowledge of what the sacrifice and service of millions have been for this country and that honor was not an abstract idea. It was. It meant something. Duty meant something. Country meant something. And when you took an oath, it meant something. Yeah, you, you've and got you've got us fist pumping in the uh, <laughs> in the booth here because well, I, I, it's something that's it, truly it, missing it, today. It, it can't, well, it, you know, it, it is and it isn't. Uh, I I have a nephew uh, who's in the Marine Corps and. Uh, I've met his his buddies along the way, and these are young men, and they're as solid as we are and ever been. And uh, we're in, we've got great people serving in our in our military, and they are the best of who we are. Yeah, I think the problem is this stuff isn't in the media anymore, right? Well, there's there are people who can uh, do a little better. I think that uh, 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 we've been let down, but we've been let down by other people. But you know something? Somehow we find the people that make it right. You mentioned you got a Boy Scout troop that's listening to this. Those young men, they're our future leaders. And when I see them in the cemetery, whenever I see those young guys, I think they are. They're being brought here, they're being taught, and they're being showed in a way that you just can't do it any other way. They've begun a life of service. They've some of them have, have experienced sacrifice, uh, but we have a lot of those guys. I'm, I'm, I, I believe in the American people. I see them. If anyone ever has any doubt, go to the tomb. Go to the tomb, and you will see it. You'll see the young, and you'll see the old, and everything in between, and you will, you will know that, that, that this country is, is, uh, is in good hands. But we do, we can benefit from, from, from leadership, we can benefit from the educators who dust off the books and, and help these young people uh, understand who they are and what they have been given and the cost of what it is. And, you know, I, I've said to other people I've talked to, you know, you read books, you read great, great documents that have in, uh, very moving language, very moving language. And, but when you go to Arlington... It's more than words. You see it. You go to the tomb, you'll not only see it, you'll feel it. You'll hear it, and then it will, you will get it in a way that, that you just can't get any other place. There are wonderful places to see where we have memorialized great heroes and, um, and battles uh, where, where, where our people have done incredible things. But at the tomb, it speaks to that higher, higher purpose 
of, of what we are about as an American, your identity as an American. Uh, Dr. Hamry, John Hamry, a former Deputy Secretary of Defense, uh, he said it, he captured it so beautifully. Uh, you just, uh, for me, he couldn't improve on it. In, in an address to the tomb guards uh, at our reunion many years ago, he told them how important they were. And, and that, in fact, no one in the Department of Defense had a more important job. But it's the job that they have that is the import, that makes them important. It's not the tomb guard. We're, we are the best of the best. There's no question about that. Never have we faltered. But it's about the American people and the American people's sacred duty never to forget those who have served and sacrificed. And that's what this is really all about. It's about the American people staying firm, believing in, in, in our country, and that the principles that were declared, in our, it's in our declaration. It's there for anyone to read. Incredible language. All men are created equal. And from that, we have built a country, and we have a government that represents us. And it, that's what that's what this is all about, and that's what uh, uh, the higher principles of the tomb are really all about. That's what the tomb gods are all about. It's in our hands to be the representatives of the American people. But it's about the American people and how how, how truly uh, great it is to be an American and their understanding of that. Would you spend just about a minute and a half, two minutes, talking about the uh, the national salute and some of the things you're trying to accomplish leading up to the centennial of the tomb? Yes. Uh, the, the centennial is rapidly approaching. The centennial of the tomb of the unknown soldier, the interment of the unknown soldier, it will be in uh, 1921. It'll, it, uh, the moment will be, it is a fixed moment, uh, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. That is that is uh, the moment of the interment of the unknown in, in uh, 21. So uh, as we are uh, uh, approaching that, we have begun to make plans for various ways in which we can help America pause to remember uh, that and to think about what it is it represents and, and, and what it is to be an American, and not only our rights but our duties. Uh, uh, so, so we're planning a number of things, but one of our initiatives um, uh, is, is calculated to bring all of America together. It, and, and, and I think it's fair to say it's, it's very much like what we experience at the tomb itself, that, that unity that is, is somehow brought about by what we are doing there is what we want to project all across America into every village, every hamlet, right down to the farmer standing on his tractor in the field as he's, he's, he's uh, I, don't know, I don't know what they're doing in November, I think they're getting ready for the winter wheat, okay? But I mean, all the way down in that sense where we bring all of America, not the representatives, but all of each and every citizen together. And what we are planning, one of the initiatives is the National Salute, which you've captured uh, with the ringing of the bells at the, um, at the uh, Washington National Cathedral. Uh, what we're uh, hoping to do, it'll, it'll consist of three parts. Uh, it is a salute in, in using uh, bells, sirens, uh, salute batteries of, of guns, uh, firing parties of, of, the, of uh, uh, 
the uh, patriotic organizations, uh, hopefully even uh, the historical reenactors, the living historians, uh, and it will be in the form of a 20, uh, it replicates the, uh, the 21 gun salute, which is the highest honor. And that would, that would begin at the stroke of 11, and uh, we would have that, followed by two minutes of silence. Uh, this is replicating what was done at the interment uh, of the, uh, the unknown. Uh, and that is uh, uh, for the first minute, is for all those who have, have served and sacrificed. So are you, are you going to try to do that just on the, the November the 11th of 2021, or are you going to try to sort of build up to that over the next few years? Well, what we're doing is building up to it. We, we've started uh, with the, uh, the churches, uh, but we expect to uh, involve more and more as we, we build up to this. We're, uh, we're in our infancy, and we've we started out on a, in a very grassroots level to, to find our way through this, but we started with the churches uh, because, as you said, the thinking is uh, our churches, the bells of our churches from the very beginning um, have called us to prayer and in time of need called us to arms. Yeah, let me jump in here. I mean, it, I can see this as, you know, as you said, sirens, you know, local fire departments, local counties, yeah. heck, people in their homes, right? Just have a, a private service in your home, maybe where, where you just get together and you have this at this time, uh, how can Arlington County get involved in this? How can Fairfax County get involved in this? Should they go to your website, reach out to you? How do people start connecting into this? Yes, uh, the the website, uh, which is uh, it will be carrying. Uh, we have a website and we have a Facebook, uh, and I, I believe Gavin is terrific public relations guy. He's got us on Twitter as well. But that information about what we're doing and who's already starting uh, participated. Uh, with us, um, uh, it will be there. Uh, we also will be working with a uh, a newly uh, stood up organization, uh, the Centennial Foundation. It's called the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier Foundation, which is exclusively focused on the uh, the Centennial. Uh, will be uh, as we get uh, more, as we stand up and get uh, get more funding and so forth. Uh, we will be doing more. You will be hearing more, uh, but. Uh, for the county of Arlington or Fairfax or, or anyone there, uh, the town councils will be able to play a major role in uh, informing their fire departments and, um, and police departments how they can participate uh, and, and they can pass this information on and in doing so also. Again, we go to the churches. The churches are, are, are a center of our, many of our communities. And when I say churches, I mean the religious community. Uh, synagogues, uh, uh, temples. It, 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 this is all inclusive. This is this is about America, and so we're going to be asking those kinds of people uh, to to share that with their communities, and then and our Boy Scouts. We're going to be we're going to be relying on our Boy Scouts. I mean, I can't ask for a better group of guys uh, to help us stand up and, and help us. Uh, you know, they they've got their they've got their bugles. We need we need buglers. To play taps. That's the third part of this. So it will be taps. With the ending of it's, it's very well known. Uh, anyone says taps, say, oh, I understand what that is. That's that's the end of a military ceremony, and that's that's the final thing that we we render as 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 we enter uh, uh, enter our military. Yeah, let's talk about uh, you know the tomb guards themselves. Give us a sense of the rigor involved in this. I mean, when I go there. 
Uh, I got to tell you, I'm a pretty fit guy. I've, I've run a ton of marathons, um, but I, I'm just, it's just incredible that a human being can pull this off. And this, the precision of this, the rigor, the physical endurance of this, the mental endurance in this, that brings about this this dignity is it's just awestruck when whenever I see this. Tell us a little bit about what's involved in being a tomb guard. Sure, but uh, as we talked uh, previously, whatever I say, I I, I want to make sure that it's understood. It, it's it's not about us. It's it can never be about us. It's about the American people, and and the the, the tremendous, I mean, almost scary trust that they have placed in us for this 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 sacred duty to to never forget so with that understanding i'm I'm sure i'll be happy to tell you uh it is it's very rigorous Uh, not everybody can do it uh wants to do it or can do it uh one of the uh, i guess the way to lead into it is something that uh my sergeant of the guard uh, his name was alan eldridge uh, said to me when I when I started uh, uh, and wanted to become a tomb guard, and, and made it known that I wanted to become a tomb guard. He turned to me as we were walking up the steps. I was following him, and he said, "Azaro, it's hard to get here. It's harder to stay." And with that began my uh, career as a, as a tomb guard. And uh, yes, there's there's the the standard physical training. I mean, we we we're soldiers. Uh, we are. Uh, 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 we're on a guard, and uh, but uh, those guys up there are are, are soldiers, and they train uh, to uh, go into combat uh, the very next day. And some of them have. We have a lot of them that have are, are a tremendous. A number of them are combat veterans, uh, and it's it's pretty incredible uh, to see these young men and what they have done in their short span of time. But um, at the tomb itself. Uh, the standards are extremely high. Um, I give you a kind of example of, of uh, what not everyone does, but the tomb guards do, and they do it gladly. Uh, your posture is extremely important. Um, you will stand against the wall. I remember standing against the wall for hours at a time, forcing my spine against the wall, the small of my back, the spine and my head and holding, you know, being able to, to, to uh, raise the back of your head up to stretch you as much as possible, uh, holding a rifle, uh, M1 Garand at the time, I guess that dates me, that puts me somewhere just right after they, they, they left Flintlocks. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that must get there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but anyway, you're holding this, this, uh, this rifle and you step out and then you do your manual of arms. Uh, but but the idea of again this posture, uh, then you move off to uh, the mirror and hours hours in front of the mirror doing the manual of arms uh, to perfection. Uh, it is it it was never anything that you did. Uh, again, it, it was strict military uh, protocol, but we did it with we drove it to perfection. Uh, and the competition is incredible there among ourselves. Uh, it's just it's incredible among the individuals within a relief and then the <laughs> between the reliefs it's 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 uh only only tomb guards could really uh, appreciate it uh because it is it's very rough there's an expression i once heard we don't eat our own well 
tomb guards do. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we it, it, do. It, it, and, and it's about the, it's because of the mission. And, and when I say that, at the same time, no one takes care of tomb guards like tomb guards. They, they, they understand what it is to go out there um, and, to, uh, and to be subjected to the elements. Uh, the elements can be very, very challenging. When you're out there, there's not a day in my life, I, I mean this sincerely, even when I was a lawyer behind a desk writing briefs and, and worry about other things, it would come to me on the hottest of days, I would think about those guys that are out there, guys and women who are out there. And I know what's happening to them. It's interesting when you talked, I mean, first, as a quote uh, statistic, I did some research and it said the attrition rate was 90 percent of people fall out that that start that step forward and volunteer to get a badge and that actually make it to and, and receive that badge. And, and, and you noted also in our conversation that you're, you're guards for life. So there's the yes. expression of you're not a former tomb guard. You're a tomb guard who no longer walks. Yes. Um, so. a, yeah, that's a great expression. I, I got that from, uh, we use the expression new men. People that follow us, they're the new men. And uh, I, I mentioned something one day, I'm a former tomb guard. He turned on his heels. He looked at me. He said, there's no such thing. And he came out with that expression. I looked at him and I said, boy, if that's a, that is a true statement. It's true because, you know, uh, you are, you're, you're, you are a, a tomb guard for life. Uh, Neil Cosby points out that, you know, you have, uh, you're, you're brought into the guard, uh, you're awarded the tomb guard identification badge, and then you leave the military and, the, and you're, you're given pins, you put on the collar of your, 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 uh, your jacket, and then... Eventually, uh, and we unfortunately have had to bury a lot of our guys, uh, uh, you have a, a, a unique, the Tomb Guard uh, identification badge placed on your stone. So we're tracking you all the way through, but I think in a, in a, um, in a more profound sense, uh, and I've seen this, it's not just me, I, it's, it's an incredible experience to be in a room with these, with these other Tomb Guards that we just had at our reunion, but it, uh, the, the best way I could describe it is that uh, you work terribly hard uh, to embrace the mission so that you're qualified to be out there and to represent the people of the United States. Um, but there comes a time where the mission turns around and embraces you. And uh, it, it happens to every one of them at different times, sometimes they come in the middle of the night, during a guard change, any number of places, but when it comes, it's unmistakable, and you're changed for life. You, you truly are changed for life. Uh, the kinds of things that happen to you out there on the mat, or changing the guard, uh, uh, it, it, it's this, this incredible intimacy of, while it's through it, with individuals, like mothers or people who can't talk because they're, they're so emotional, they write you notes and hand you notes, uh, or you just see you see a veteran stand there and, and their eyes red, or when guys would come up to you who were, I mean, at Normandy, people who actually landed on Normandy would come up to me and thank me, and I'm looking at them, and I know who they were, or, or, or paratroopers that jumped into... Uh, Sam Mariglis, I knew their stories, and I met them, and they're thanking me because of their buddies. Yeah, I, I, I want to I get back to a little bit, you're talking about timing, because 
When we spoke on the phone, I expected you to emphasize a lot about the weather and blizzards and hurricanes oh. and marching like that. And, and But what you spent uh, quite a bit of time on was you talked about the different times of the day. This, this, the, like, for example, the sense of awakening when you when you were on the mat between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. and yes. sort of seeing the stirring of life. And, and, and you even struggled to come up with words to describe it. It was so profound. You know, you talked about a sense of promise. And and sort of, you know, you mentioned seeing Venus rise on the horizon and bird migrations. And talk a little bit about that, a little expand a little bit more on the timing and, and, and sort of the effect it has walking the mat at different times in the day. Yeah, and I think that's a good question because, as you say, you know, oftentimes, you know, something will remind me that, that someone's down there at the tomb protecting it and walking. And I don't know that as Americans we often stop and reflect on that moment uh, when we need to. Tell us a little bit about that as you go through the day. Well, uh, what what you're referring to is a discussion about uh, through the through the um, through the day you have your experiences, and that's uh, uh, that's one part of it. And then, uh, and and depending on what time of the year it was, your uh, your the the weather can be very hard on you, uh, and and the, the the summer can be very difficult. Uh, back then, I, I we help them now with drinks, you know these drinks but back then we didn't have that kind of knowledge and that experience so when we we were drained out it, it literally uh, you were fatigued well very fatigued well we'll just leave it at that and then you go into your what we call the night hours and as you would go through the night uh, you would uh, you're, you're alone uh, very alone except you're with uh, with your, your them and um, and as you go through the night, there are, there are different aspects of it. And, and you know, throwing in the seasons, uh, it may be the spring or the fall, and you witness the migration. Uh, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, there'll be flights of, of birds, you know, going through. And, and you get the sense of, 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 a, of reality, of a truth that you just won't get anywhere else. And because of the circumstances you're in and the charge that you have, you're there for a purpose, and you see how this all somehow fits together. And and I, I would say, I think most of the guys would agree, the magic moment would come at dawn, or before dawn, where you're, you're there, and again, um, you've been there almost 24 hours, um, and um, you have the watch, and you can feel you can feel the change of night to day. Uh, it, it, you feel it. it, it there's a stirring, uh, and and you feel that. And then as the, as the day begins to uh, arise, Venus would start it. I, in this this is what I'm talking about because it was also a signal that your tour was almost over. And as it would rise up, and then you and then the dawn would come, and it was this sense of a beginning, a renewal. And 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 you get that, and, and again, these are the kinds of things that make you a tomb guard. Yeah, clearly, that a, renewal is that renewal is uh, it, it just um, spiritually, it's a very powerful experience, and it changes you. Clearly, a sacred place. I mean, I think yes. a great word to describe it is as you talk about this, the sort of the day that comes about it, the the, the nature that that this is a sacred and and really a holy place. If I might jump in there, and you know, as it says here, rest in honored. Glory, an American soldier known but to God, and 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 let's not forget that that this is a, a resting place for for someone as well as 
uh, a place for all of us to remember all of those who have who have gone before us in in service to our great country. Yeah, I wanted to chime in because I pray and read each day, and I, I was going through Ephesians chapter 2, and I read a, a scripture that talked about Christ breaking down the wall of hostility that has separated us. And I, I thought, this is kind of what you're saying with the tomb. It's when people come, you get you, you, people from all walks of life in America, and there's all this hostility and conflict, and everybody's <laughs> it seems is filled with hate. And it seems like the tomb can have this same sort of effect. It can break down these walls of hostility that are separating us in this country. And I get the sense that you know that, you've seen that for many, many years, and you're trying to convey that to as many people as possible and and get that conveyed across the country. Is is that a a proper summary of what you're trying to do? Oh, I I, I think you've captured it. Your your language can't be improved on. I I think that uh, uh, the support for that um, is... is, uh, uh, the champion of the legislation himself, uh, uh, Hamilton Fish, he he intended it. it was, this this is in his intention. It's that it would be a place, a focal point, where all of America can come together. And um, I, I would say it it, 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 it has succeeded. Witness, if you will. Uh, I've done a lot of um, historical reenacting, and I'm familiar with a lot of the different battle sites, uh, certainly here in the United States, but in foreign lands as well. And with each passing generation, those wars, those memorials to those wars, whether it be to battles or individuals, fade with the passing of that generation that bore the the, the scars of those battles. Even in our own country, Go to the American Revolutionary War sites. They, in large part, they're they're very much forgotten. Civil War, same thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, go ahead. And you and you see that. And but I can tell you that the vitality of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier it, it has not only not changed; it has increased. It well, the, is a place of healing. It is a place where people come together. And 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 I and I got to tell you from my both from my police experience and also as a, as a lawyer I, 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 uh, this was something that was was my secret weapon if you will I knew something about the people who were in conflict and and there was a way to to appeal to that and many times it was well founded they, they found their way to each other and people whether they walk away consciously or not there is this bond and they see it I mean you could see them look at each other you can they almost you can almost put a caption under the picture. I didn't know who you were before, but I do know who you are now. That's right, and you echo the words of uh, of Senator Tom Cotton as Ed and I were reading. He says, you know, as millions make a pilgrimage each year to the tomb, they come not just to honor the unknowns and remember all the sacrifices made by all Americans from the Revolutionary War to the mountains of Afghanistan today. The unknowns belong to us all and are beloved by us all because they represent the sacrifice on which our nation rests. So, you know, clearly uh, this generation today in leadership have a profound uh, understanding, respect, and love for what happens at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Well, Senator Cotton appeared, uh, you read from his reunion uh, address, and uh, he... He has he he gets it he understands it in in, in, in completely and he and he and he captured uh, the sentiments of Abraham Lincoln in a famous speech uh, known as the Electric Cord Speech I believe it was either 1856 or 1857 
where he talks about this is the electric cord that binds all of us to every patriot grave. A very powerful Senator Cotton did a wonderful job, he, and he, he really expressed it. And I, I can tell you uh, that uh, he, he, uh, he had a standing ovation. He, uh, uh, all those tomb guards and our guests just, just were overwhelmed by, uh, uh, by Senator Cotton. He was fantastic. Yeah, and I'd like to, you know, encourage people as we're talking again. You're listening to Richard Rosaro, a member of the Society of the Honor Guard, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and their efforts to uh, continue to promote on an annual basis uh, the solemn uh, memorial at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the 11th hour, 11th day of each year leading up to 2021. If you want to learn more about that, please go to the website tombguard.org. You know, Richard, I'd like to say maybe, uh, and, and if Gavin's listening, Perhaps uh, I think there's going to be a, a, just a groundswell of people wanting to help you. Maybe if you had a sort of a, a big click here button on the website, because I think you're going to be getting a lot of interest from people uh, coming out of this interview. Certainly, Ed and I want to continue to promote this, uh, perhaps bring you on um, you know, every year around this time to just keep promoting this, build a drumbeat, encourage other media organizations to do the same here in the Washington area and across the country. Um, but just an incredible honor to have you on the show today, sir. Well, let me let me just say this, uh, and I, I, I think uh, I would speak through all my tomb guards. Uh, look, the privilege uh, you've honored uh, uh, me, uh, and it's a privilege, and you've allowed me to serve uh, our, our mission. And, and as the representative uh, of the tomb guards, speaking for them tonight, uh, being with you folks tonight and giving us this opportunity, uh, uh, we're we're allowed to to further our mission to honor the memory and protect the remains of the unknowns. So, thank you. I appreciate you very very much. Uh, you know, one one thing I'm looking at, and I want to make sure that I say this because this is this is a a kind of thing that. Um, and, and Richard, we've I, only got like 15, 30 seconds because we got a hard stop with another uh, DJ coming in. So. The word sacred honor is not something new. If we look into the Declaration of Independence. They say, and for the uh, for the support, and with a firm reliance, in support of these declarations, with a firm reliance on the protection, we mutually pledge to each other our lives and our sacred honor. And that is exactly what's happening at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. It's the American people demonstrating their sacred honor, and uh, and committing and, and and fulfilling their their sacred responsibility to never forget. Great. Thank you. Look, we'd love to bar the door and keep this going for another hour. I don't know if Leonard will let us. We, we want to get you back on the show. Uh, absolutely. And, and let's keep promoting this event. Ed, uh, get us out of here, my friend. For listeners who want to find out more about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, visit their website at tombguard.org, or you can go to our graceand30.com website. You can also find out more about the tomb and uh, Arlington Cemetery in general by going to arlingtoncemetery.mil, and we'll also be posting uh, information on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So I'm just going to say good night for now. This is Ed South signing off from Grace and 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night, and be sure to tune into Grace. Thank you, and God bless America.